the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. It's the Happy Birthday Show, oh, the day day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And yes, because it's Thursday, Paula's here. And yes, today is her birthday. And you can wish her happy birthday or ask a question by dialing area code 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. You can also call us toll free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email your question by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now button and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Happy birthday and welcome to the show. Thank you. You know what I thought? Uh, because sometimes, you know, you just get ready to do the show and then a strange music will come on and at home for all of us listeners. We're like, oh, man, we're not going to get a show today because it's a oh, weird I music. See. So it didn't hit me until, you know, do, 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 do. And then they say it's your birthday. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> I was sure. I keep saying this. Jesus would be back before now. <laughs> He delays his coming, and so we're supposed to be busy about his business, but man, come on, Jesus. <laughs> 66 is enough. You know, I, I know you've got some things on your heart today, but let me just start by saying, uh, except for being saved, being your husband is the greatest privilege of my life, and it seems like it has gone by so quickly. I know. You were 17. When we met and instantly fell in love, you said today, we've been together almost 50 years. (laughs) And then both at the same time, you said, where did the time go? I know. Think about that. Our very first date, that Friday night, the following day, I actually took you somewhere. We went to the beach. Mm -hmm. And all I could be thinking was, I hit the jackpot. I remember driving down there and hearing you sing to some of the songs that were on the on the radio mm-hmm. and and I have a really good ear for music I can't sing but I have a really really good ear for music mm-hmm. and I kept listening to you sing and I kept thinking is she that good or is it just I'm in love what, what is it you were in love no it turned out you were that good <laughs> but literally one day at a time here we are all those years later and today you're 66 again Come, Come Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. 17 and 66, big difference. Oh, my. Yeah. But you look exactly the same. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Your hair is a little different. Tense. My hair is different. Yes. Okay. But, but uh-huh. everything else looks the same. Yeah, okay, Pastor Ron. But as you know, the thing is, as I age, so do you. 
and your eyes, so we're good. Yeah, I was just <laughs> telling the producer that our son Terry called, both of our boys called today, oh, yeah. but, but when Terry called, I was in the car, and it was on the, on the you know, how the car makes it everybody, turns into a phone, turns yes. into a phone. Mm-hmm. and uh, he said, happy birthday, Mom, and then he said, 66, right, and you said yes, and he said, Mom, you look incredible for 66, uh-huh. and I said, hey, Terry, <laughs> I had a birthday not long ago. You didn't say I looked incredible. He goes, Dad, would you settle for you look okay? (laughs) No, Mom's incredible. You're okay. So, truth be told, huh? Well, I love that boy, you know. (laughs) So, he's he's special. Both of them are. They are just, we didn't deserve them. They're incredible kids. So, anyway, happy birthday. Thank you and all that kind of stuff. And so, can we move on? Well, except for one thing. What's that? Time really went fast, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you say time flies when you're having fun, you know. Well, it's not been a lot of fun, well, at least at the beginning for you. The first four years were okay, and then after that it was like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that's okay. We were getting to know each other, and then after those four years of knowing each other, it's like, ooh, why did I marry him? But then it turned out okay. Turned out. It's turned out. Thank you, Jesus. Great. Yeah, because Jesus... <laughs> Came along, right? Okay, now it's your. Oh, before we go, I, I, I want to remind the audience mm-hmm. that our kids and youth camp begins uh, one week from today. Uh, it's $45 for the little kids in youth camp, which is junior high through high school. It's $55. Uh, if anybody wants their kids to go, sort of a last uh, blast with Jesus before the um, school starts, new, new school year starts, we would love to have you. And all you have to do is call the church office, 658-8337. And uh, we would love for your kids to be able to go. If you can't afford it, just say you can't afford it. And Pastor Ron on the radio said that you can sign up anyway. We really want the kids to be there. This is retreats are always life changing, but but we're, we're we're making deposits in these kids' hearts that change everything. And especially, it seems, Paula, the older kids uh, have radical transformations mm-hmm. at, at the retreats every year. And and um, the kids, you know, the like the little ones, they don't they don't understand everything. But um, God takes it all very, very seriously. Oh, I'm just getting a note. It says 35 for kids and 40 for youth, not not 45 and 55. So 30 and 40. See, I for, thought it was 45 and 50. Okay. But it's 35 and 40? Okay. Well, okay. Wh- whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah. If, if you if pay. If you can afford it, great. If you can't, yeah. Pastor Ronald, pay your rent. Yeah. If, <laughs> if, <laughs> That's an inside yeah, joke. Yeah. If if you pay, uh, we'll be thrilled. (laughs) So let's put it that way. They all know we're a poor church, but God always, he wants us there for the men's retreats, the women's retreats, the luncheons that we have, the conferences. He wants us there because, you know, especially even listening to some of the Sweet Summer Devotions, and we'll talk about that later, um, retreats, quite a few of them say, I went to this retreat, and it changed my life. And so for kids as well as adults. So please, please, please um, get your kids there. Yeah, God's been really faithful. You know, uh, we used to have big deficits because I tell people, come. If you can't afford it, just let them know, and we want you to be there. And so we had these huge deficits. But but in the last, I don't know, eight years or so, uh, the retreats have been paying for themselves. And, and uh, so it really works out really, really well. So we have um, August 9th, 10th, and 11th. Is that right, Paul? Yes, yes. Okay. And it ends that Saturday at noon, so the little kids uh, are riding in the bus for the most part if, if their parents want to do that. But the high schoolers, um, they, have to get their, they have to get their own way there. Yep. Yeah. But it ends at noon, so they pick up their kids at the campsite at noon on Saturday, so you can still have, you know, the rest of the day for your family and then be ready for church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Anytime. Yeah. Okay, it's your radio show. Okay. So... You know, I've been, you know, the Lord and I have been having these conversations because, you know, Pastor Ron keeps saying we 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 need to go deeper with the Lord, and and we do, you know. And sometimes when you're praying that, 
it's like, okay, if I go deeper, what's going to happen? You know, what's required of me kind of a thing. And the Lord is, he's, he's like, why are you making it so difficult? <laughs> yeah. Well, why is it that we think if God wants us to take a step of faith, if I do it, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have to go to China now. <laughs> the last place I ever really wanted to go because I'm scared and I don't speak Chinese and you know, all those Questions that the enemy kind of brings along. In but our... we will go to P.F. Chang's. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I do love Chinese food. Okay. So, but anyway, so he, he's kind of funny, and he says um, in Micah 6, uh, chapter 6, verse 8, um, there, there's a question. Uh, should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? I mean, you know. So anyway, he goes, no, I'm not asking. It's not going to be terrible, in other words. No, oh people. This is New Living Translation, right? Um, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. Three simple things. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Ta-da. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just do what's right. And we all know what's right. And if we don't know, like you, we have had some women who came here and didn't know sleeping around with their boyfriend, even at their parents' house, who knew. They didn't know it was wrong. Nobody told them. Um, some people just have weird consciences. You think the first time, Maybe not. If, if you're at your parents' house and they say, go for it, you know, they don't think it's wrong. But anyway, we, by and large, all know what's right. We know what's right. So to do what is right and then to love mercy. I mean, we all want mercy for ourselves. Um, but the Lord is saying, you know, yeah, love mercy for you. Be so grateful that I've poured out my mercy on you. But also what he's saying is to demonstrate that same mercy to other people. Yeah, and you'll probably the New Testament sort of adds one more thing to that. It's it's to do what is right, but to stop doing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, since, since yeah. forgiveness has been extended to us, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the requirement to be forgiven is simply to ask for it, which requires repentance from sin. I know I'm doing wrong. I need to stop. So it's God requires just this: stop doing wrong, mm-hmm. do right, do mm-hmm. do what's right mm-hmm. between you and the Lord. And um, there's nothing difficult about that. Yeah. It's, it's just not hard. Um, to love mercy again, and then to walk humbly with your God. Now, you were saying, or I don't know, I've heard so many studies recently, we all struggle with pride, but we all can beat our flesh because we know we struggle with pride and then do what is right by not walking in pride, but walking in the spirit, you know, to walk humbly with your God, not thinking more highly of ourselves than we should, um, uh, you know, uh, elevating those who are the so-called less presentable, um, because Jesus came not for the ones who are well, the high and mighty, but he came for the sick and the lowly, and we got to remember being called by God. We're in that the the lost, hurting, broken, needy, confused, but the the foolish, the weak, the despised, the not evens. We have to remember that. And um, I think for the most part here, we do that really well. That's why when people come here and they tell us their stories when they're brave enough to tell them, because you know, a lot of people don't want to tell their stories because if you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. But when they finally open up and tell their story, we say, oh, yeah, we got two or three people right here. <laughs> right here I can introduce you to that have been uh, through the same thing that you might be going through right now. They have the same kind of background, and they can say, but look at me now because of who God is. And, you know, I, just like these requirements, I've decided to do what is right learning what is right, stop doing what is wrong, learning what is right, and to love the mercy, the forgiveness that is given to us so that we're not sitting around here saying, oh, we're such worms, and, you know, how could he love me? No, no, no. We have received his mercy, and now we can turn around and tell others, just receive his mercy, just like you just said. Just repent, and you'll receive his forgiveness. 
just resolve in your mind and heart that you are going to do what is right. You're going to stop doing what is wrong. Like my friend uh, Candace, you know, she went back home for a family reunion, and she used to drink. I think the bar was called Brew Bakers, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and um, she went back home after she got saved and really starting to know who Jesus was because she came out of a religion. Um, and now she has this relationship with the living God. So she goes back home, and her brother's like, oh, we're so glad to see you. Come on, we're going to throw down some shots over at Brubaker's. And she's like, I'm not going to <laughs> some bar with you guys. That is the old me. And they're like, what? You used to throw down with us, you know, worse than the guys. And she said, again, that's the old me. I'm learning how to stop doing wrong and learning how to do what is right. And I don't want to be over there and have Jesus come back and I'm sitting on some <laughs> bar stool throwing shots back. No, 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 Not no. going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. You know, Paula, the, uh, the, the, to, to walk humbly before the Lord requires um, an experience with God. Um, just last Sunday at our Bible study here with Peter uh, in the Great Hall of Fish in Luke chapter 5, you know, Peter had been around Jesus for a year and and um, was still in that sort of Jewish mindset of trying to earn his way uh, to favor with God. And and he would listen to Jesus teach and, and he would understand it but wouldn't really get it. Uh, well, with the great haul of fish, go into deep water, put out your nets. Oh, Lord, we've been fishing all night. There's no fish out there. We haven't caught anything. They've given up for the day. And then when he threw in, but because you say so, I will let down the nets, Peter said. And then he brought in that miraculous haul of fish so big that it was ready to sink two boats. And it was at that moment when Peter had his revelation of God that would change him forever. Mm -hmm. And that's why he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. That's all you have to do to walk humbly with God. You know, uh, in the Old Testament, it's walk humbly before your God. Um, like God is out there and looking, but not true for us. We can walk with him mm -hmm. every day. And the only thing that we need to walk humbly, um, not to think too highly of ourselves, as Paul said, uh, is to have an experience with him. Once you experience the holiness of God and the power of God, mm -hmm. that humility ought then to become natural. I think part of the problem that we have in our current church culture is that we are bombarded with messages that we're okay the way we are, that God loves us and accepts us the way we are. Uh, you know, we've been given participation trophies from the very beginning uh, of, of our lives. And um, we, we don't want the teachers to mark our tests with red ink because it makes us feel bad. And uh, there's such a, a moment that, well, no, no, you're, you're special. When we see God, we realize there's only one who's special. It's him. And that creates a, 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 a shift, a seismic shift in the way we live our lives from that moment forward. Mm -hmm. And we understand that what it means, what it truly means to say in my flesh is nothing good. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, we're free. We're free to stop trying to impress God. We're free to stop trying to prove ourselves to God. We're free from the guilt and condemnation that the enemy's going to uh, heap on us because we don't do well. Mm -hmm. uh, we're free to say, Lord, this is all you and not me. One of the things in my exercise routines, as you know, mm -hmm. um, the number seven is a number of completion. And, and we do this exercise that's descending in order. So when I get to 14 or when I get to 7, um, uh, I always remember that, that Jesus does all the heavy lifting. He's faithful when I'm faithless. He does all of the hard work. And um, all I have to do is be with him. And I benefit. And then from 7 down to 6, 6 is the number of man. Mm -hmm. The Apostle Paul said that we're to beat our flesh. He beats his flesh continually, daily. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's not disqualified to keep his flesh under subjection. Yeah. And so when I get to six, uh, seven, it's, oh, God, thank you. You do all the hard work. They get to six and it's, well, this is my only part in this. Beat my flesh. <laughs> Beat my flesh. I do it twice at six. Mm -hmm. And um, 
if we understand that, we can't help but to walk humbly with our God. And uh, that's what Mike is saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm laughing because, you know, sometimes I know when it's time for me to go to bed. I mean, I know because have to beat my flesh under subjection means, okay, Paula, you have used up all the grace <laughs> today. You better go to bed now before you mess up. But I remember, you know, talking about having an experience. We were in Palm Desert, um, and I see it now right outside of that that theater where you can get the candied apples at that, mm-hmm. you know, at that candy shop right there, and you can take the stuff into the movie, and they allow you to do that. You're not having to sneak it in or anything. <laughs> that, that's not right, but um, you're not supposed you to wouldn't be. do that. No, and, no. And in those times when I wanted to, Paula wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> Rule follower. Yeah, but I remember I had had a a flesh moment, and um, it was one of those times. Not that the Lord was mad or anything, but He wanted me to understand how. Um, serious it is to sin, you know, and and just keep it. And he wanted me to see that so I would keep short accounts, shorter accounts. But it was like he was telling me, it's like when you act like that, it's like you're taking the hammer and you yourself are nailing me to the cross. That tore me up that day. You know, there's just some things that you remember. Um, yeah. And then the other thing was when you said that um, Jesus showed you that when ugly stuff is coming either from you towards someone else or ugly stuff is coming from someone else towards you, Jesus is standing in between. And he gets all of that he gets that filth filtered through him before it reaches either party. And that's another one of those things. I was able to share that with a, with a lady just the other night, you know, because she, she said something colorful. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. And so, I, you know, not to heap guilt or anything, I said, you don't have to be sorry to me. I know exactly, you know, you, you just are saved a minute. <laughs> Um, and the Lord will take care of that. But let me give you a picture. And so I shared that with her. And the Lord will use that to help yeah. her. And, and for the audience, and by the way, we're inside about four minutes now, Paula. Uh, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Ladies, especially if you need any encouragement today, Paula is here. 340-9585. Uh, before I got saved, Paula, um, I had a pretty foul mouth. I was there. Uh, yeah, you were there. But, I mean, that was just the way of life. I was yeah. in a business. I'd been a, a, an athlete in college. And, and um, you know, just that was the way of the world. And um, I, I stopped cussing immediately when I got saved. Got saved in 1991. Stopped cussing. Everything changed. Mm-hmm. And in 1995, at Bible College... Um, I was talking to a young man um, uh, who is a pastor in Florida now, a Calvary Chapel pastor. And um, just normal conversation. (laughs) And a bad word came out of my mouth. And the look on his face. Mm -hmm. And this was, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And it was right then that Jesus gave me that picture said, you know, when you've got that filth comes out of your mouth, it goes through me, it soils me mm-hmm. before it gets to him. And I bring that up not only because it had an impact on my life. I've never, I haven't cursed since then. And, um, um, you know, the world would say one time in 27 years is pretty good, but, but not when it soils Jesus. It's not good. Um, but we don't need to apologize to people. You know, I'm a pastor, your pastor's wife. And people all the time apologize to us for stuff coming out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. Say, don't, don't worry about me. I, I didn't save you, and I'm not going to judge you. But Jesus is the one. We, we want that relationship to be so real yeah. that they consider that if he's with them, and my contention has been all along that when we Christians are with Jesus, we simply won't behave the same way that we would if he wasn't there, if we were unaware of his presence. Mm-hmm. So keeping his presence 
in, in the front of your mind and talking to him and inviting him to go with you, open the doors and say, Jesus, go ahead, those kind of things. Silly as that sounds. Mm-hmm. But that's, and you thought you had coined this phrase, practicing the presence of God. Yeah. It's a book. <laughs> who, who is Brother Lawrence anyway? <laughs> By the way, it's a good book. But, but I just thought I came up with that on my own. Yeah. That's one of those times when I was thinking too highly too of myself. Too highly of yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, okay. But, but the idea is we, we change if Jesus is there. I tell people all the time when they apologize to me for cursing or for saying something unkind about somebody, and I'll say, oh, please don't do that. I really love those people. Um, um, I'll, I'll just tell them, you know, if I was with you, you and I hanging out, you wouldn't do the things you do. You wouldn't go to the bar that you go to or you wouldn't tell the dirty stories or listen to the dirty stories. If I was there, you wouldn't do it because you'd be uncomfortable because I was there. Mm-hmm. How much more when Holy Creator, Almighty God is right there with you and all the time showing you the scars on his hand saying, oh, yeah. these are for you. Oh, man, so, that was painful. We've got 30 minutes left of the date day show, 340-9585. That's 210-340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. You're listening to The Word to Stand On For Life. We've got 30 minutes. We'll see you in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the Date Day edition of the program, 340-9585. Paula, you've been a little down today. Is it because you realize that you're just one year younger than me now? It's just one digit, yeah. <laughs> Yesterday I was two digits. I had to, to stop saying two years because that wouldn't be right, but I, I can do digits. So yesterday... So, you know, since my birthday in May, she's been saying, I'm two years younger than you now. I'm two years uh-huh, younger than yeah, you now. But it's not true. So two digits. I was two digits younger than you until today. Now I'm just one. But... <laughs> Praise the Lord, I'm still just one. I'm one. <laughs> yeah. No, I love you so much. What's next? I know you said you want to talk about Sweet Summer Devotions, but what else? Yeah. You know what? In regards to this um, Micah 6, 8, you know, learning to do what is right, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. We don't automatically, like you, you got saved and you didn't use any curse words. When we get saved, you know, we don't just automatically do what is right love mercy and walk humbly with our God. And so I was thinking the next thing is, especially for those who think they're so much the same as they were before they got saved, you know, we are the clay in the potter's hand. And I was, I was thinking, you know, that potter, sometimes he just, we're the clay and we're just going around and around and around. And it seems like some, for some, maybe they're the same old, same old, you know, they just keep going through the same things over and over again. Well, I was kind of thinking, you know, the Lord is the one who's at work in us to will and to do for his good pleasure. And he's working those, his characteristics um, into us. And, you know, he knows what he's going to make of us. But are we marred clay? Are we, you know, are we malleable clay? Are we jumping off the wheel, you know, and taking matters into our own hands? Like, you're not, you're not uh, making me different fast enough. And so sometimes that happens, and then he has to kind of pick us up off the floor. And or if we decide we don't want to be, because we still have free will even as clay, we don't want him to finish that work. So sometimes he'll just have to put us over there on the shelf and we get all dry and crusty, <laughs> you know. And then one day when things are pretty hard, we might say, Lord Jesus, you know, can you give me another shot? And he says, okay, but I'm going to have to put you on this potter's wheel again. You know that, right? Is it going to take a long time, Jesus? Well, that's not up to you to ask me that question. I know what I'm doing. And so he says to me, you can trust me. 
you know, you've been saying that to me for almost three years now, seems like. And then the other thing he's been reminding me is be patient with me, um, even in my making of you, Paula. Don't just be patient with other people, and that's a good thing, but be patient as I'm making and remaking you each season of your life. And so, okay, so I'm on the wheel, and we'll go around and around and around, and he's just saying, I'm working, and I'm working the Romans 8:28, all things together for the good of those who love me to those who are called according to my purpose. Will you let me do what I want to do in you? Yeah, you know, Paula, we, the, 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 the imagery of, uh, of, of clay, you, you asked, are we marred clay? Are we malleable clay? We're all marred clay. We're just lumps of clay. I know that that's not very appealing to, to our flesh. But um, th- th- this potter's wheel that we've got, um, because I have no ability to do anything creative, um, um, as you know, we have a friend uh, from uh, a pastor in Sierra Vista, Arizona, who before he got saved made his living as a potter. And he travels around, uh, Pat Lasevich is his name, and he travels around and, and does a, a, a wonderful Bible study. Uh, as he's shaping bowls or vases or whatever it is. And, and um, you know, we, we, we look at that incessant circling on the potter's wheel. The problem is we're on the wheel a long time because we've resisted the hands of the potter. And, uh, you know, when, when he did that presentation here and it, it gave me a visual to, to think about those passages through, um, all I could do was think, you know, the, 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 the potter is shaping this bowl or shaping a vase or whatever it is that he's making. And he has an, a, a picture in his mind about exactly what's going to result, what it's going to look like. Well, that's how we are with God on his wheel. And, you know, at times that, that lump of clay, as hard as it was, softened with a little water, a picture of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then on the wheel, he's making us in his image to be exactly what he always wanted us to be. And at one point in that presentation, Paula, he had this beautiful vase that had been shaped. And for me to see somebody who can do something I create is amazing. And I see this vase taking shape and it's looking good and pretty soon in the crowd there's oohs and ahs. And then suddenly he kind of slows down the potter's wheel, stops, he looks at that vase and then he just crushes it with his with his hand. Mm-hmm. And we go, uh, yeah, you know what? And his explanation was, I never wanted this lump of clay to be a vase, and he made a beautiful bowl out of it. As a result, well, a lot of us we have ideas about what God's going to do with us or what He's going to make us, and we have no idea. Ideas and expectations. Sure, mm-hmm. and and so what we do is we get impatient, we jump off the the wheel, and that causes us to be either on the wheel or on a shelf for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've said this so many times in the church, or people are probably sick of hearing it, but, you know, God will take you through the sanctification process as quickly as you let him do it. If things are going slow, it's never his fault. It's our fault because we're resisting, you know, the, 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 the creative image that the, the potter has for us. Because we want what we want, mm-hmm. or we think we ought to look like this. Uh, it's it's not until that we can humble ourselves and submit to whatever the potter wants to make of us. That's when things begin to speed up. Mm-hmm. And that means a lot to me now, because as we talked about earlier, time goes fast. We're getting older. I don't want to spend more time just going around in circles, mm-hmm. being shaped. Uh, I, I want to find the ultimate purpose that God has created me for and walk in the fullness of that. Yeah. When he's at work, you know, so I'm going to ask a question because <clears throat> we all are looking for that purpose. And do you think we ever get to, well, I know our purpose is to worship God. Okay. But, you know, as we grow in the Lord, and we're faithful with a little, he will entrust us with a much. 
Do we ever really get off on that powder's wheel? Well, we, we never, we, in the sense that we never stop being shaped or molded, but it's always for something greater. Now, I'll give you an example that I think uh, will, will help everybody understand. Um, as we get older, uh, we get all kinds of suggestions from people about, well, what's the next phase of your life going to look like? Mm-hmm. Um, um, the potter's wheel in our life has always led to this place. You and I can wake up every day with the confidence of knowing that we're in the perfect will of God for our lives. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we do it perfectly, but we're doing what we're supposed to do, where we're supposed to be doing it. The only way that was possible was for us to stay on that potter's wheel every day and let Jesus, and I have always said, just walk with Jesus. If I'm with him today, and I'm with him tomorrow, and I'm with him the day after that, in five years, I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to say, wow, Lord, how did we ever get here? This is so good, and the answer is going to be, well, we just walked here one day at a time. So we're always on the potter's wheel in that sense. But in the sense of being frustrated that we're that the potter's not going fast enough mm-hmm. in the sense of taking matters into our own hands, uh, we all of us need to be off that wheel. Okay. Every day. Oh, okay. So there's two different senses. We're always in the process of sanctification. Okay. Uh, I thought you were going to ask, do we ever get to the place where we're, we, we, we know we're right where God wants us to be? And the answer to that question is yes, we do. Really? We know... I know, okay. you know, that we're where God wants us to be, and yet he's making where we are richer okay. and so fuller Okay, so location-wise, I know this is it. Location-wise, calling-wise, okay. ministry-wise, okay. but, but see, he, here's the thing. The potter who knows everything, and, and we're the, the, the image in his creative mind, um, the, the potter knows today where we need to be tomorrow. Okay. And if I'm with him today, if I'm letting him shape me and mold me, if I'm walking humbly before the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, if I am doing right, if I stop doing wrong, that's all that's required to be with Jesus. And every day, it means that we're prepared for whatever happens. One of the biggest pushbacks that I've ever gotten from a teaching I did is a teaching where I said that no matter what you're going through, you're prepared for it if you're with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And especially people who deal with tragedies. Well, how, how could I ever be prepared for something like this? If you're with Jesus, you're prepared. My grace is sufficient for you. Jesus told Paul at a terrible time in Paul's life. My grace is enough. And I'm sure Paul, just like you or me, would say, no, it's not enough. Take this thorn in my flesh away. But whatever we encounter, if we're with Jesus, we're ready for it. And he tries to prepare us Mm -hmm. for the things that we can't be prepared for on our own. And I think the problem when people are being overwhelmed by their circumstances, it's that they haven't yet recognized that they got there on their own without Jesus. There are people who suffer unbelievably difficult things and revel in it and and bring God great fruit. Johnny Erickson Tata is an example of somebody we think, well, I could never handle that. Um... Um, you, you've always been afraid of yeah. of uh, if something would happen to you, a physical sickness or something. Uh, I don't want to embarrass God. I don't want to bring shame to God. Uh, if you're with Jesus today and you're with him today, you get a bad diagnosis, you're prepared for it. And you and I, we've had the privilege of seeing so many people that, that the world might look at and say, oh, they'll be crushed by this if this terrible thing happens. And we've seen them over and over and over thrive in it. Not enjoy it, but thrive in it. Because they're there. Jesus is there. And he's prepared them for that. I think of Daniel in the lion's den at at a a very old age. Uh, But I also think about the, the stand he took as a very young boy. He was with God. And he was ready for whatever happened. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Our God can save us from this fire, but if he doesn't, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, we're ready for whatever comes along if we're with him. It's that simple. Yeah. You know, that just kind of takes me into even the latest Sweet Summer Devotion. You know, Tracy, that's what she was saying. They had lost two babies um, before they finally had one, but um, when she 
was pregnant with this one, she just cried out to the Lord, if this one's not going to be a godly person, then take this one on to heaven right now, you know. I mean, you have to love Jesus so much. And, and she was prepared, maybe maybe because of the other two, um, but God's grace was sufficient. And, you know, I'm thinking, who can say that kind of a thing? But it's somebody who knows Jesus and loves him. She was prepared, and so she was able to have that one, but they had another one um, that's in heaven. And you can still you can see the pain. You can hear the pain. That pain doesn't go away. And yet, um, there's a strength and a depth um, to her walk with Jesus that, you know, a lot of people just don't have. Um, she's not afraid. Um, she's looking forward to being with Jesus. You know, um, Paula, when you said that one of the things the Lord's been speaking to you is be patient with him while you're on the wheel. Yeah. I think a lot of us uh, as Christians, when um, life comes crashing down around us, when when our expectations aren't fulfilled, maybe it's the marriage that we thought would be perfect and honor God, and 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 it's not. It turns out it's not that way, um, uh, or betrayed by somebody, or uh, just horrible things happen. Um, too often, even those who walked with Jesus to that point. It's because of that disappointment, because of that pain, that they jump off the potter's wheel and start doing things that seem right to them mm-hmm. instead of saying, okay, God, I, I'm, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to stay with you. Mm-hmm. And I think too many of us, Paula, we, we have a, a relationship with God based on I'll call you when I need you mm-hmm. instead of I need you now so you yeah. call me. Yeah. And we find ourselves in a really, really painful and difficult place. And um, it's in those times even subconsciously we jump off the potter's wheel and we start filling our pain with activity, with busyness, or what seems right to us. Mm -hmm. We join clubs. We do other kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of simply saying, you know, Jesus, you and me today, what about me and what about today? Um, he's shaping you and molding you. He doesn't cause bad things to happen. Yeah, we know. But when they do, you've got those hands that need to be on you, your, your lump of clay, mm-hmm. and, and he's going to continue shaping you and molding you, mm-hmm. even in the middle of, and maybe even especially in the middle of your pain. Yeah. Yeah. And And when we need to be patient with God while we're on the wheel, he's making something beautiful. Something beautiful. You know, one of the things that Pat said when he was here doing that presentation, he said something that I really found a hard time believing. He and I talked about it after the fact. He said, you know, I can go in any pottery shop in the world, and if they have a piece of my pottery there, I know it's mine. Mm -hmm. I said, come on, pottery's pottery. Mm -hmm. He said, not to the potter. I can go to any pottery shop in the world, and if there's a piece that I made, I know it's mine. And we have to remember that about our God. He knows where he is. Uh, We may resist him, but anything and everything, whether it's chastening, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. Um, We remember the loving Father disciplines us. Um, When our hearts have been crushed, we have to remember that he didn't crush it. And the only safe place to be is to stay on that wheel with his hands around us. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. I, um, I'm going to spend some time with my friend Tracy tomorrow. I was really very proud of her um, because she just gave all the glory to the Lord. I, I just, she said, she said this, our superhero walks on water, you know, <laughs> and when we're going through difficult things, um, we need that superhero to walk on water to us, you know. And I, I, and whoever knows Tracy, she knows this. They know this about her. She's looking for every and any opportunity to share Jesus. She always has little track cards and a piece of candy to give out to people, no matter where she goes. She think I'm bold in in sharing. No, 
Tracy's Tracy's the one. She's actually headed up our clown ministry for Joy of Jesus for a lot of years Mm -hmm. now. And she's bold. Remember that time when, who was it, those people came? Occupy Wall Street people? Yeah. Uh, Travis Park, uh, years ago, and most of you will remember the Occupy Wall Street movement. Um, they were gathering at Travis Park, and we had the park reserved that day. And they decided about halfway through that they were going to take their park back. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they just came in chanting whatever silly chant that they mm-hmm. were chanting. Mm-hmm. And and the park was packed with people. And um, um, Tracy and the clowns. Now, we have clowns from old to very, very young. Yes. Tracy and the clowns just sort of surrounded them. I mean, yeah. we had probably had 5,000 people in the park that day, and and they had like 40. Yeah. And so Tracy and the clowns just kind of surrounded them mm-hmm. and kept walking with them, mm-hmm. telling them about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just a few minutes, they, they said, let's get out of here, and they left. <laughs> yeah, her, her motto is, people should be loved to Jesus, not us being pushy. And, I mean, little teeny kids... And then up to the adults, all dressed in clown suits. I mean, really, how threatening is that? And yet, didn't it work? Yeah, but see, it's interesting you'd say that because Tracy is pushy. <laughs> yeah. But she's pushy in love. Yeah, yeah. And see, that's what we all need that's to be pushy in love. We need to stop thinking of that—that that we're we're inconveniencing somebody mm-hmm. or we're we're causing them to stumble. Mm-hmm. We got the best message in the history of the world, yeah. and we got to go in love and tell them about it, yeah. and and let them worry about how they receive it. That's yeah. between them and the Lord. Yeah. Ours is just to go tell them, hey, we've got great news. Yeah. And Tracy's been doing that for all the years that she's been here with us, and she's one of those people. Her and Gary uh, and Isaac, who've been here uh, almost from the very, very beginning. Yep. They've probably been here 22 of our 23 years. Yeah, yeah. And, and this was another key thing. After uh, Tracy and Gary got married, Tracy's mom told her, you know what, when you were four years old, you told me you were going to marry a redhead. <laughs> but she didn't tell her that until after they got married. Next year. Yeah, but can you imagine, I'm thinking those Occupy Wall Street people come over, you know, they go home. And, and they're saying, well, who kicked you out of the park? <laughs> Bunch of clowns. Way to go, guys. Hey, we here at Calvary Chapel have been a bunch of clowns yeah. for a long time. So yeah, that's awesome. That's good. Anyway, our next uh, Sweet Summer Devotion speaker will be Phyllis MacArthur. And I am, you know, really looking forward to hearing from her. Okay, the next thing I wanted to talk about, Pastor Ron, is, because this show is usually, you know, for the ladies and stuff. And in Philemon, um, Chapter 14, you know, the verse ladies. Verse 14. What I say? Chapter. Chapter 14. No, verse 14. No, chapter 14, verse 1. No, Proverbs is what I'm talking Oh, Proverbs. Proverbs. You said Philemon. I did okay. say that. Mm, Proverbs is what I'm talking okay. Is what I meant. Proverbs 14. Yeah, Philemon is just one chapter. So Proverbs. Okay. And this, you know, a lot of the ladies will call in and say, okay, so how do you do your marriage, you know? And so... I've been praying for a lot of years. Lord, make me a wise woman. I I really want to be done with being a foolish woman. And so Proverbs, I'm so sorry, uh, chapter 14, verse 1 says, A wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. And, I mean, that could be a whole teaching just in that one verse. So how does a wise woman build her home? Um, One, she... Not a busybody running here and there to other people's homes, um, you know, appreciates the home that she has, takes care of it, but in a marriage, appreciates, like the Lord told me a long time ago, you're my gift. And if you're my gift, <laughs> I, I need to take care of that. I didn't look like a very, very good gift for a long time. Huh? You know, we think like that. Um, we think like that, but if, if God says, this is the one for life, okay, in the good and the bad, again, Romans eight twenty eight, 28, um, working all things together for the good of those who love him to those called according to his purpose. And it's all perspective. Um, if I believe the Lord that you are my gift and I treat you as such, even in the difficult things, the Lord is saying, you can trust me. Be patient with me. I'm doing a, a great work. And so having having that attitude of I want to be a wise woman who builds up her home, not tearing it down. The, the other night I was telling the ladies, 
you know, don't sit around talking bad about your husband. One, you married him. So when you talk bad about your husband, it you just makes you me. look stupid, yeah. you know. And so don't be a foolish one who tears her own, her house down with her very own hands, you know. Um, we've, we've known lots of women who they rather be out and about being busy when their own house, not just their house, but their kids and their husband are being neglected. And so stop being foolish women and be wise women submitting to your husbands as to the Lord, surrendering every day. And it's a curse. Like I heard you tell the people, you know, when we go places, and um, can, I, can I tell them that I, I really don't like submitting <laughs> any more than anybody else? And you say, sure, it's a curse. It is a curse, but then we get to die to self, and then we will have the right attitude of, of seeing our husbands as a gift from God and our children as as treasures from him as well. Now, for the men and the children, it would be a lot easier for us if you all would be nice. <laughs> but we don't get to throw the gift out just because it's not what we want today. Yeah, and see, when, when, when we do that, uh, this may sound harsh and I don't mean it that way, but when we, when we complain... Um, it, it reveals that our focus is and always has been about us. You know, if you would have said, I prayed for you for 13 years, I'm done. God, you've done your part. Uh, you are always, he, he's just revealed your heart. But what we want is our hearts to be revealed as many women who want the Lord. Happy birthday. Thank you. Hey, Hendel, I might sing another day, but I'm sorry (laughs) I didn't make that today. You've been listening to the words of Stand On for Life. I don't need to give the phone number now. We're signing off. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 on AM 630, The Word. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.